Hello and welcome back to Inside the Click, your weekly dive into the creator economy. It is our first episode of 2024 and we're so excited to dive into 2024 trends that you're not going to want to miss and how to really stand out this year. Yeah, we should say first recorded episode. Oh yeah, first recorded episode, <laughs> you're right. Because we have had a few, but like Monica said, we talk about what you can do this month to ramp up your success for the rest of the year. So let's do it. About was like, it, my brain is so fried. It being like the new year and the big creators are taking January social media breaks. So if you're a smaller creator, that kind of is like an in for you because the chances of that bigger creator being the last click are lower because they're not really posting this month. So it could be an interesting time to ramp up, even if you, the assumption might be people aren't really shopping. Even if people are shopping less than they did in December, you still have that opening. That's really interesting. And especially not only like they're taking a social media break, but there's a lot of planning going on and stuff. Because I feel like the holidays are this period of rushing. Yeah. And yeah, you try to plan. But realistically, you're still going to be doing things on the fly. You're going to be tired. <laughs> you just need a break. And another thing too is brands tend to... A lot of brands have their fiscal year like ending in January. So after December, they hardly have any funds left. So that's a really good point. That's another factor that's contributing to just less going on right now. Yeah. And, and so there is. Yeah. 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 I would say just because the big creators aren't really posting much, I wouldn't take that as a sign for you to not post much. Just because also... I'm talking about those mega creators that really can take January off and nothing really changes income wise for them. If you are either starting out or just kind of like in that mid area, use that as the opportunity rather than the copying their strategy kind of thing. That's where your strategy does depend on what stage in your business you are in what stage in your business you're in and also what platforms you're on. Yeah. So you were sending me a bunch of YouTube stuff this morning and I was like, oh, maybe she wants to talk about YouTube today. But something that I thought was interesting, I was watching the video and we can put this in the show notes. I was watching the video about the YouTube shorts algorithm and how that's different from the longer form content algorithm. I was thinking we should talk about this today. I feel like it's, who's the guy in YouTube that's talking? He's like some VP of product. Or yeah, he's right? one of their head people. Yeah. Yeah. So he was talking about the difference in intention and audience between shorts versus longer form content. So the longer form content, right? Like you're even... You're coming to the content maybe from another social media platform or you follow the creator on their own YouTube channel. 
And that is very different than in shorts, the way that they've set it up right now, right? It's just like this endless feed and people are scrolling and discovering and figuring that out. And so how you need to tailor your content, it's different on both platforms. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I think that can apply to like whatever social media platform, because we've talked about as well on TikTok, if you follow someone, you might not even see their videos because that's how the algorithm works is it just like reaches endless strangers. And so making content on that, you should have a different mindset than when you make content on Instagram or even in a private Facebook group or on your Substack or all those different things. Taking that audience into account, I think is really interesting. And now is a good time to do that, especially for up and coming because it is less cluttered. Yeah. I think what was interesting about that too, is that I kind of always assumed that the shorts on YouTube were to have like snippets of your full video. I think it's because, I don't know, there's something about how I first saw it that I was like, oh, it's like a teaser. It's like the trailer to your long form video. So I right. think that's really interesting. That's actually not the intention of it. And it's right. just to be that different form content. Right. But I think, that's also, that. I think that's also because like in the early days of Facebook and all the different social media platforms, it was kind of how you would do marketing would be, okay, you make your five minute video that goes on YouTube. Then you have a 15 second cut. Then you have a 30 second cut. And I think that's just like how we did things, but it's definitely evolving. And I think each platform wants to be so unique to the point that you can't just use the same thing and just cut it up in a bunch of different ways. Like you do have to retailer it. Yeah. And I do think it also works in YouTube's favor too, because a lot of YouTubers truly are only YouTubers. So they do have the time to do that. I feel like when it comes to Instagram and TikTok, there's more crossover where they're on both and having to create content for both. But when it comes to YouTubers, they really just stay true to YouTube. So it's almost like they do have the bandwidth to, to take full advantage of shorts. Yeah. It's even like how you can do customer life cycle stuff. Yeah. The shorts are that discovery element still within YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then the longer form videos are more once you have your audience, how are you retaining them? Of course, this is when you're on the platform, people still share YouTube videos and stuff, but even just in thinking about how that life cycle can work, um, just because it's the same platform doesn't mean that for each of the offerings within it, you need to use the same strategy. That's even the case right. with Instagram, right? Like with stories, a big thing there is that they will disappear if you don't save them. The intent needs to be different than link in bio or real or static post. Right. Mm -hmm. Another interesting YouTube thing that I saw. So today YouTube basically sent out an email with 
all these different resources to old blog posts or videos from 2023 to help you plan for 2024. And one of them was about the YouTube shopping. So like their affiliate program. And I thought that what was interesting was it said something like creators who use YouTube shopping saw an increase in 20% in earnings. And I thought that was so low because I would like 20%. I don't know if you see people using like LTK for the first time, they see three to four times an increase in earnings. Seeing that 20%, I just felt like that was kind of a low number. And it made me wonder if maybe their commission rates are really low because they have Nordstrom, they have all the big brands. They have, you, I think there's like over 200 brands that you can link to. And if it's an increase in 20%, I feel like they just must have really low rates. That also makes me think that if it is only that little, they're not using someone's involvement on that side of things to boost their videos in the algorithm. Yeah. Which I kind of like, but it also seems like a miss for them, right? Because yeah. like if you're doing I mean, more- they were, they were acting proud of the 20% number. Like they were using it as a marketing headline. Interesting. Man, all of these platforms are literally doing the same thing. Yeah. I have not been on YouTube long enough, aside from just watching videos that are shared. Yeah. To see YouTube shopping. Same. I haven't seen it. I honestly didn't know until I read this article that they had YouTube shopping. I knew that they had removed their creator fund or lessened it. And then I guess now it makes sense. They created this to kind of keep the creators earning. They call it fan-funded shopping or something like that. Yeah. Interesting. There's definitely this trend and it's kind of happening too with streaming platforms, right? Where everyone's trying to do their own thing. Everyone's trying to like, you need to sign up for all of these different tools and they're all offering the same thing, but just different versions. And there has to be something that consolidates it. Yes, I agree. It's absolutely insane that we just have to be all over the place with everything. Yeah. It's... Oh, wait. I feel like we should say, by the way, if anyone hears anything weird. Oh, my dog <laughs> is like going through it. He like, I thought he was about to throw up just now. Oh, my okay, gosh. Buddy. We're an indie podcast, so <laughs> we don't have advanced editing. <laughs> Some no. of this we're not going to be able to take out. No. Yeah, I think that there is a huge opportunity as well for a platform to come in and be the consolidation expert. Yeah. And you kind of see that just going back to the streaming thing. You kind of see that with, I think I've seen Amazon has where you can subscribe to Showtime through Mm -hmm. Amazon and then access it there. Yeah. Um, Within Apple, they have where you can set up your streaming platforms so that they're more connected to Apple TV. So some platforms are starting to do that. The same thing needs to happen for the creator space. And I would even say there's more urgency because it is a bit of a free for all. 
And like, how is everyone going to manage their businesses across all these different things? You can't. I think it's going to, I think there's going to be a point where creators are kind of like YouTubers in the sense of they just do YouTube. That's their thing. And that's just where they're at instead of trying to be all over the place. I think there's just not going to be a lot of sustainability if you keep having to create for a million platforms and trying to get it right for each platform. I don't know. The further along in this space that we get, the more I'm like, I get it. If you literally only want to post on Instagram or only want to post on TikTok and like be the master at that because it works for YouTubers. I'm kind of like YouTubers are also the OG influencers. They were the first ones to really do it, monetize it. If it works for them, then everyone else at a certain point maybe are just having shiny object syndrome and you just feel so compelled to be on the others instead of just staying in your own lane. Until you have a team of people to help you and then that changes the story a little bit. But if it's just you and the style that you do on TikTok is very much you, but it doesn't really work on Instagram, at what point do you just stop trying to force Instagram or vice versa? Right. And we actually talked about this with Alexa, Mm -hmm. where you can very easily overload yourself. And I think there's always a part, especially since you're working for yourself, that like you never think that you're doing enough. Yes. Yeah. But with a lot of the updates to algorithms, if you do just focus on your bread and butter, bread and butter channels and you're paying attention to the analytics, you can kind even if algorithms change, you should be able to see what's working. Versus I think a lot of the times it tends to be these knee jerk reactions because everyone's trying to do all the things and they don't have the time to dig into what's going on with Instagram reels. Like, okay, what's still working? What's not working? And a lot of these platforms, like we've talked about, they do update you. So it's the time. I think it's the time constraint, especially for people that are on the cusp and they're trying to balance nine to five and content creation. Same thing with us, right? I guess a little announcement for everyone. We're pushing pause on Substack because it it was just too much. You want to have a really good podcast. And then if we get to the point where we would be able to have someone else edit it, Mm -hmm. then we can focus on Substack or other things. But right now, I think we're like, okay, podcast, Instagram, a bit of TikTok, and that's even a lot. Yeah. And I think that it makes you go into the new year so much less overwhelmed because you're focused. You know that you have an appropriate amount of work on your plate and you know what to do with it rather than being so scatterbrained and all over the place and trying to do so many things. I feel like that gets you to March. And then by March, you're just like, what is going on? I have no idea. I, d- I can't even look and reflect back at the work I've created because I have so many million things 
that I'm trying to do that are different. And so your brain can't keep changing up that fast. And so I think giving yourself that permission to be like, I'm going to focus on one thing and I'm going to do that well. That's just feels so much better than just trying to do everything because you don't want to miss an opportunity. And I feel like too, that's such scarcity mindset of if I don't post here and here and here, it's not going to work. And that's just not true because people have over and over proven that they've been able to find success without having to do every single little thing. Right. You know, what's kind of interesting. I'm seeing a parallel right now with doing all the things and in a way like fast fashion. Yeah. Because it used to be where people would, and there's definitely still a contingency of people that like you buy little things that are of high quality and like you hold on to that and that will always be there. But with the rise of fast fashion, right? It's like you can buy 20 different things for $30 mm-hmm. and it's this, it's like that abundance yeah. mindset. It's very similar with doing all the things. Like you think that you just can never get enough. You can never do enough yeah. when in reality, when we were thinking about, okay, at least for right now, pause on the sub stack. It's like thinking about, I don't quite know how to explain it, but like the energy. If you're feeling resistant and something feels like it's going to be a lot of work and you're forcing yourself to go in and do that, then people are going to feel that. I know that it seems like a little bit of, what's that term? Woo, whatever, but but like, yeah. But yeah, and I feel like the collective as a whole is feeling that too, because even with the fast fashion example, I'm seeing a lot of accounts, fashion accounts take off that are accounts that really promote shopping in your closet. And I think people are craving that because I think everyone's overwhelmed. I think everyone spent 2023 feeling very overwhelmed not just from your to-do list standpoint, it's just like everyone wants everything to be a little bit more simplified. And I think there is going to be a shift in that fast fashion where people are starting to feel like it's okay to not be pressured into buying things over and over again, or think every time someone posts a pair of Amazon leggings or a sweatshirt that they feel they need to buy. I think they're going to go to one of those other accounts that are promoting shopping in your closet and be like, oh yes, I feel better about where I'm at with my clothes. And there was actually a business of fashion article that someone sent me last week. And it was about the future of creators in 2024. Mm -hmm. And it was really centered around the creators that are going to succeed are the ones who are creative and have their own voice and the ones that are going to be hit hard are the ones who post like here's my leggings today here's a haul here's like it's basically said consumers are really burnt out on just watching people try on clothes and what really excites them is the unique point of views and the storytelling and the creativity and I'm so excited about that because it is so boring to watch someone post the same 
Amazon sweatshirt in five different colors every day. And then from the inside of the industry, I see that those creators are not matching their sales year over year. It's not working. The business of fashion article is on point with the way I saw 2023 and those creators performance. It makes sense that if they don't add some creativity and uniqueness and a point of view. And I can hear someone being like, my point of view is Amazon finds. And it's like, that's not a point of view anymore. Anyone can find an Amazon dupe. That's point of view is (laughs) a point of view is a story that you can tell about yourself or a creative video. Like the examples they gave were, I think one was Stodd guy and he does, he does kind of parody videos, but he's been able to have really high end collabs with brands like Laura Piana, who you would think would never work with an influencer, Mm -hmm. but because his content is so unique and engaging, he has, basically two personas. One is like this wealthy European man who like vacations in Stad and travels all over the world. And then his other persona is Cousin Colton. And it's this LA uh, influencer bro. Um, (laughs) And it's so good. But so when he's the, uh, oh, I can't remember the name. Constance, I think is what the European character's the name fancy is. one yeah he'll be like okay and so it's time to head out on the promenade and i'm going to put on my laura piana shoes and so it it started to become a thing and now he collaborates with these very very high-end brands and it shows also that these brands are going to start to realize actually we want to work with the creatives rather than the copy paste, right? They're wearing all the exact same thing. So two things. I don't know if you saw as well, but Whaler, they just posted, you know how everyone's doing that in and out thing. They just did a social post that basically said that same thing. Like in is really creative storytelling. Out is just generic copy paste. Like, so that's definitely something that everyone needs to be honing in on in 2024. And I think what's interesting is with these platforms, it's kind of like the platforms, they have their audiences. And if you think of it like a circle, the audiences are pretty much staying the same, but the number of influencers in it are like getting more. So your chance of like your slice of the pie is getting smaller so which is okay like don't use that as like a maybe i shouldn't do this anymore but just have the awareness yes and that makes it really important to be unique so we think that's one thing and another thing going off of the amazon everyone's posting the same clothes i even think outside of that it's like okay I don't think that taking that thought and being like, okay, so I'm going to post outside of Amazon and now I'm going to incorporate Pottery Barn for home stuff or whatever. If it's the same type of 
still just posting like yeah, it here's a stool, the here's brand. an outfit, here's that. Like that's the same. that is not expanding that's retailers. Not yeah. Yeah. That's not the takeaway. The exactly. takeaway needs to be around creativity and going back to the audience stuff and what your people want. Yeah. It's outside of because even from my perspective, if a influencer is only posting items, I don't like to buy a lot of things. Yeah. So for me, I find that not super valuable. And I think that in this world where people kind of went nuts in 2023, it was our first kind of normal year since 2019. Yeah. And people are going to just like, I mean, the economy is still like, no one fully knows what's going to happen. People don't just want to buy things. Yeah. Another account that I'm inspired by with how she works with brands. She's on TikTok. I think it's Oh Pretty Things and she does dating diaries. Oh, I like her. Yes. I love her. And the way that she incorporates brands is the way that her vlog style videos are set up. She basically is telling a story voiceover and then showing clips of either video or photos just from her day of getting ready for the date and then going on the date. So like her plate of food, things like that. And where she incorporates a sponsored post or something like that is in, it'll be a shot of her desk and a perfume. And she'll say like, and I grabbed my Carolina Herrera perfume. And it's just a part of the story. Like you were talking to a friend. Okay. Yeah. So I went on a date and so I was getting ready. I was like, okay, I'm going to wear my red cardigan. And I think I'm going to wear my Carolina Herrera perfume. It's exactly how you would be telling your friend about getting ready for a date. And it's not, and the video isn't about the perfume. The video is about her story, but it's like product placement in a movie kind of thing. The product that the creator is selling is not the main character. And I really like that. I like that. The creator is the main character and then the product is kind of just like a piece of it. Whereas I think for so long, especially with these hauls and just like pictures of product, the product is the main character. And there's just, there's no creativity to that. I would equate it to it being the difference of catalog shopping and in a commercial like a commercial yeah. telling a story but catalog shopping, you're a, literally just looking at the pictures i don't even know if it's a commercial i feel like think of like the like holiday commercials like where you like they like um, make you cry like, yeah or, and things like that it could even it could even just be like like catching up with a friend yeah. And they're just mentioning it because they liked it so much. That, yeah. Like when you talk about the perfume, I always think like, I will take this as long as I live. Britney Spears had the best perfumes. <laughs> was it the, was the blue teal bottle? She had Curious. Yep. That was that one. And then Fantasy. I loved them yeah. both. <laughs> but it's like. 
I think that, and even that guy with his shoes, like I was thinking about this the other day. It's kind of like um, a product review. Like, like you're, you're incorporating it into your life because you like it so much, but I like the concept of it's a secondary character or even a background character. It's an ensemble character. It's not the lead. The lead is the other stuff going on. And how would content change if everyone started pivoting and thinking that way. I think that just the whole industry would be so much more interesting and engaging. So much more interesting. Yes. Because I do believe everyone has a unique perspective. I think that just a lot of people, which is human nature, just assume they have to do what everyone else is doing to succeed. And it can be really scary to share your own point of view and your own style. And at first it might not hit because for like everything else, most consumers also consume content that they're used to consuming and it'll be a lesser amount of people who are like, oh, cool, she's doing something different. Something different always makes people so uncomfortable. and. With this move to DC, I'm so reminded on how uncomfortable people get when you do something that they wouldn't do or are too scared to do. And that can't be a reason for you to not do what you want to do or create or tell a story or just be yourself just because it makes other people uncomfortable. Because at the end of the day, it affects them 0% you doing you, but it makes you feel so much more fulfilled. And the only reason why they're not resonating with it is just because to them, they haven't given themselves permission to be themselves. I have a friend who told her siblings that she was going to start doing content creation and they shit on her so hard they were so judgy about it they were so mean and so cruel and then two weeks later one of her sisters messaged her and was like can we get coffee i want to learn how to make videos the way that they were saying like they were telling her why it's a bad idea was just all the reasons why they haven't tried to do it right Like, that's embarrassing. That's cringy. It's all... Have you heard the saying, how you react to people is your problem, how they react to you is theirs? Yes. And true. Yeah. I do think that is where some therapy can come into handy. So even now, I think I used to be, like, so nervous whenever I would post something I was like oh my gosh people are gonna judge me or and now I'm just like I don't care I'm just gonna do what I want but if you're not as long as you're not being cruel mean inappropriate all those things then it's literally affecting no one and if someone's getting frazzled by it then that's unlocking some insecurity that they have yep Totally agree. Because it's so much easier to try to keep someone on your 
level if you're scared of what they have. It's easier to be like, oh, I don't want to be jealous of them. So instead, I'm going to try to bring them down to stay here with me where I'm at. And it's just human nature to do that. I feel like that's probably just existed since the beginning of time. Yeah. That is why even entering into this space is a bit brave. Yes. Because you do have, there are some accounts that are very good at remaining anonymous, but you do have to like put some of yourself out there and you can't be afraid and you really just have to go for it, especially, and we talked about this with Alexa, you have to just act like you've already made it. Yeah. And that's, I actually love this saying. I say this a lot now. My trainer, we were talking about mindset with swimming because, and I think anyone that's done a very like numbers-based sport has felt this, is that like with swimming, if you don't get a best time, it's like you didn't get a best time. And that's what everyone always wants to do. Always want to be faster. It's very easy. Like that person's faster than me. Like it can be a mind trip. And I even, I see it too now that I'm watching the Formula One stuff. Same thing, right? Like there's a winner, you go a fast time, you have a fast car. It's very easy to get in your head. But something that he said is winners win. If you start and you're losing and you get in that mindset where it's just like, you keep doing bad, you keep doing bad, you keep losing. And you can even see it with, like Formula One is a great yeah. example. Max Verstappen, oh. he's literally like his baseline is winning. That's just his baseline. It's not even in his reality anymore to not win. Whereas right. the other ones who are like right on the cusp, all their mistakes are always mistakes because they got in their head. Yep. And so that is just like training your mind and guarantee that when Max Verstappen goes into a race, which by the way, at first I was kind of man him. And now I'm like, okay, he's fine. Cause yeah. I like when people are very mentally tough. Yeah. Even though when he's in the car, I feel like he always kind of sounds like he's having a hard time. Like he's like, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Copy. Like he's, yeah. he's like, not really like, like, okay. Yes. He just always kind of seems like he's but whatever, I, it works for him. Yeah, exactly. But he definitely has a different mindset than, let's say, Daniel Ricardo, who yeah. his like troubles and past challenges, they're always in his head. Mm-hmm. Like something that I, I think it's like also a really cheesy saying, but I think it's true. And this is something that I made up. One bad race cannot break you, but one good race can change everything. Yeah. And it's because if you can get into that mindset and then just channel that over and over again. And actually I have one of my swimmers, she just turned 10 and at a meet a week and a half ago, or no, I think it was this past weekend. She went a really fast time. But she has the mindset where something can go wrong and she can have an awful race. And she's just kind of like, okay. And then she just gets into the next one. And, and you have to have that mindset, in, especially in content creation, because some posts are going to 
most posts aren't going to perform at the best, right? But mm-hmm. just because those aren't, if you don't keep going, then you're not going to hit that viral video or whatever. Yeah. And it can't just be, oh, okay, I'm going to show up and I'm just going to try to make some content and here it is. But like, I believe in myself. You can't be doing that. It needs to literally be like when I'm making content, my presence in the video, how I edit it, how I'm doing everything, it is in that winning mindset because that is what's going to help you stick out. And that's why going back to what we talked about earlier, it's not just about being everywhere, how you can't have that mini, that winning mindset in do all the things, no. especially if you're trying to get out of doing a full-time job, you're going to be exhausted. You're going to get sick. Yep. So to channel that winning mindset, it does require focus. Yeah. If you think about it too, there's a lot of athletes that could have gone pro for, let's say baseball and football or something like that. They had to pick one just because you can do it and you can do it well if you want to perform at the highest level, you're still going to have to pick your focus. Yes. Yeah. That's really smart. And it's the same thing too, with balancing weightlifting and bulking Mm -hmm. with endurance and distance stuff. Like you literally can't do both. Your body will not let you. Or like another athlete example the swimmers who are competing in the swimming races are not the same swimmers who are participating in like the triathlon. You can't like, yeah, yes, you could do both, but the ones who are excelling at both are not doing both activities. Right. Yeah. So theme of January, 2024 focus. And also I would just say, be a badass. Yeah. Just do you. Cool. So that wraps up this week. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review. Yes. It really helps, especially now that we're like we're just trying to hone in on this, make really high quality content. We really appreciate all of your support. Thanks, y'all. Bye. <laughs>